This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. This week, we're taking a look at creativity. We got it started Monday with creative permission. Tuesday, we learned four lessons. Yesterday, we looked at habits of originality. Today, we're exploring the link between boredom and genius. Manoush Zomorati was named one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People. She's the host of NPR's TED Radio Hour and author of Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most Creative Self. She came upon the realization that boredom can lead to creativity in the early months of motherhood, when her purpose shifted from on-the-ground journalism in high-stakes environments to satisfying a newborn with long bouts of silence and lots of walking with a stroller. She says she started to wonder, what actually happens to us when we get bored? Or more importantly, what happens to us if we never get bored? And what could happen if we got rid of this human emotion entirely? Zumarati started talking to neuroscientists and cognitive psychologists, and what they revealed was fascinating. It turns out, when we get bored, we ignite a network in our brain called the default mode. Our minds shift to autopilot. And at this very same time, our subconscious gets very busy. In this default mode, our minds connect disparate ideas. We solve some of our most nagging problems, and we do something called autobiographical planning. This is when we look back at our lives, we take note of the big moments, we create a personal narrative, and then we set goals and we figure out what steps we need to take to reach them. Dr. Daniel Levitin explains, every time you shift your attention from one thing to another, the brain has to engage a neurochemical switch that uses up nutrients in the brain to accomplish that. So if you're attempting to multitask, you know, doing four or five things at once, you're not actually doing four or five things at once because the brain doesn't work that way. Instead, we're rapidly shifting from one thing to the next, depleting neural resources as we go. A decade ago, we shifted our attention at work every three minutes. Now we do it every 45 seconds and we do it all day long. The average person checks email 74 times a day and switches tasks on their computer 566 times a day. We're not allowing ourselves to be bored in the way we used to. Our phones, our computers allow us and require us to be constantly engaged. In moments when we begin to feel bored, we immediately pick up our phones. And then those phases of boredom that normally might lead to those powerful moments of self-realization, they're spent laughing at gifts and getting fired up over newspaper headlines. Zamorati poses the question, what would happen if we broke this vicious cycle? She thought, maybe my listeners could help me figure it out. What if we reclaimed those cracks in our day? Could it help us jumpstart our creativity? They called the project Bored and Brilliant. Thousands of people engaged. Zamorati posed the challenge, first and foremost, delete that turn to app or game, the one that you're drawn to for distraction. And next, 
find other things to turn to in moments of boredom. One person who took part in the study found that she'd gotten bored, so she suddenly looked at her stairway. She thought she'd just come down that stairway, but she could go back up again and then come back down again and get a little cardio. So she did, and then she had a little more time, so she did it again and again and again. She did it 10 times, and when she was done, she'd felt she'd gotten a good cardio exercise in. She was exhausted, and she was shocked that she'd never thought to use her time in that way. All the while, her mind was free to wander as it pleased, rather than being distracted by whatever was on the screen in front of her. Zamorati shares what she found in the young people most intriguing. Some of them told her that they didn't recognize some of the emotions they felt during challenge week, because if you think about it, if you've never known life without connectivity, you may never have experienced boredom and there could be consequences. Researchers at USC have found studying teenagers who are on social media while they're talking to their friends or while they're doing homework, two years down the road, they're less creative and imaginative about their own personal futures and about solving societal problems like violence in their neighborhoods. Zamorati finishes by sharing that after her Bored and Brilliant study, people told her they slept better, they felt happier. Her favorite note was from someone who said, He felt like he was waking up from a mental hibernation. Some personal data and some neuroscience gave them permission to be offline. The pursuit of data and some neuroscience gave them permission to be offline a little bit more. And a little bit of boredom gave them some clarity and helped some of them set new goals. Zamrati imagines one day constant connectivity won't be cool anymore. But in the meantime, teaching people, especially kids, how to use technology to improve their lives and to self-regulate needs to be part of digital literacy. So the next time we go to check our phone, we can ask ourselves if it's to distract us from doing the hard work that comes with deeper thinking. We can take a break instead. We can pace up and down a staircase. We can stare out the window and know that by doing nothing, we're actually being our most productive and creative self. It might feel weird and uncomfortable at first, but boredom truly can lead to brilliance. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for the final day of our week on creativity. Until then, remember... A better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.